let's be real, I'm unqualified at best, but I'm taking this year to challenge my fears and seek out authenticity through conversation and hopefully some daring vulnerability. The goal, I'm not really sure yet, but I hope to come out of 2022 more connected to myself and my friends and my faith. Welcome to a year of holy interruptions. Come journey with me, or you know, don't. It's really up to you. I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to record this episode. (laughs) It is almost 11 at night. I am relaxing on my bed, ready to go to sleep, but I have made a commitment to putting out weekly episodes and I didn't have it in me to record an episode this week. It has just been one of those weeks where life takes over and time flies and it's overwhelming and hard and I wish I was stronger, I wish I had more in me and this episode is not going to be my best one. And I know that. And it's hard for me to go into something knowing it's not going to go well or knowing that it's not going to be perfect or up to the standard that I have for myself. But something that I talk about a lot is giving 10% even if you can't give 100. Giving as much as you can and not just giving up. And so this episode is probably my 20%. I've not prepared for it. I don't have much energy for it. I feel like my voice is tired and groggy after a long day at work of talking with people and dealing with some client complaints and I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm coming into this episode with a lack of energy, but it's real. This episode is perhaps the most real version of me you've seen. Not in that anything I've said in prior episodes or in other moments has been fake. Um, It definitely hasn't, but it's been enthusiastic. And I tend to be a bubbly and enthusiastic person, but... There's a realness and a rawness to someone who is kind of at their wit's end. Um, when they don't have much left on the rope, there's this mask of I'm, a, I'm okay and I've got my life together that kind of falls to the side and you get to see someone in their real weariness and in their real exhaustion. And I think... I think people tend to be exhausted a lot more than we realize. And I think something I want to become better at is having more grace for people, even when I don't know that they're exhausted. Just being someone who has an abundance of grace, who doesn't hold other people to a stupid high standard because you just never know what someone else is walking through. And... I feel this week for me, people just don't know what I'm walking through. And I don't blame anyone for that because I haven't necessarily articulated a lot of things. And sometimes when you're having a hard week, it's not even one specific thing. You can't really articulate why it's so hard or why the day has just absolutely (laughs) destroyed you. It's just a compilation of all of these things building up one on top of another. And to be honest, a lot of the time, 
the things that are building up are all good things, but it's still another one. <laughs> and I am someone who wants to be good at things. I want to be good at being a podcaster. I want to be engaging. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good roommate. I want to be a good employee. I want to do all of these different things. But what I've come to learn in my short 24 years of life is that to be good at something, you have to start by being bad at it. And that's a reality that I really dislike because I don't like being bad at things. I don't like being ill-equipped. I don't like being unsuccessful. I am I am so drawn to success and achievement that the idea of being bad at things makes me just not want to do it. The idea that this episode could be a bad episode made me not want to record it. But what I'm trying to do is fight against that perfectionistic streak in me by just sitting down and doing it and giving 10% rather than the 100 because 10% is is so much better than 0%. Um, and I think something that I've been wrestling with a lot has been just the reality of my life on Maui. I love my life here. I have a really beautiful community. I have friends of such a wide variety and I have been getting closer to different people and and really starting to kind of just do life with people, which is really important to me. I don't want to be a friend who is only there for the highlight reel and and all the good moments. Like I want to come and fold your laundry with you. <laughs> I said that too a friend of mine the other day, I said, let me just come over and do your laundry. Like, we can just do it together. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be, you know, all performative. Like, we're, we're all just messy human beings trying to figure out this whole life thing. But like, let's just walk in the mess together and just sit in the reality that it's messy and, it, and it's hard. And I don't think anyone's quite got it figured out and if it looks like they do then they're just better at pretending than the rest of us I think and pretending is tiring it's really hard to pretend you're okay and to pretend you've got it all together and to pretend that nothing phases you because we are phaseable people there are things that should bother you there are things that should anger you because we live in a fallen world. And I think part of me is very drawn to growth. I, I, I understand in my head that we live in this fallen world, that no one is perfect. And yet I, I have this drive to keep learning just a, a little bit more, to be just a little bit better. And I keep working towards that. And the thing I've learned is that when you pray for these different things, like when you pray for strength, you need to be prepared to feel weak. And it's this funny oxymoron where in order to teach you strength, you don't just become strong. You don't 
just experience an abundance of, of that virtue or whatever. You have to find out how weak you are to see how much you can bounce back and to see how much the Lord has has given you the strength he has provided you with and you become strong not because it's it's just a gift of strength you become strong because you understand that in your weakness you're not as weak as you thought you were because you can meet the lord and and recognize the strength he's given you and when you pray for patience we have to be prepared for all of these aggravating situations and 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 people (laughs) or even for silence when we want to become patient people, when we want to be Christians who wait upon the Lord and, and listen for His voice so often, that means that you are going to sit in silence and just wait. And there is not going to be an immediate answer. You're going to have to navigate frustration and irritation and aggravation. And yet battling those those things, those those feelings of, of frustration, that's what's going to build up your patience. When you pray for humility, you're going to be prepared in some ways for humiliation, for embarrassment. I, I told my professor this a long time ago, and I was saying, why is it that I can pray so many prayers and I don't feel like the Lord ever really directly answers them. But the moment I pray for humility, I have immediate like answers to that prayer. I'm immediately humbled. <laughs> and I think partially because pride is such a common thing in our culture that it's something that we all can easily uh, use more of and need more of. But I don't know. I feel like... Humility is one of those prayers that is always answered. And the Lord is always wanting to show us who He is. And it's crazy when you think of humility. It's one of those words that sounds so nice, but it's kind of a miserable (laughs) reality. And you think of the King. You think of Jesus. Man on earth, fully man, fully God. And He humbled Himself. And he went through all of these situations where he's mocked, he's ridiculed, he's crucified on a cross and completely humiliated. And he has the most humble spirit. And, you know, I have my little issues and feelings and opinions and all these things and and righteous moments of thinking things should be different than they are and have all these judgments And yet, at no point have I ever been a king crucified on a cross. And when I think about the things that I... (laughs) The things that I get aggravated about, they seem so small in comparison. And it's moments like that where I realize just how grand God is. And I know that even in that moment where I'm realizing how big and powerful he is, I'm only getting the smallest glimpse of his character. I know he's so much more than I am picturing or imagining. And one of the things that I love about God, that I love about the Christian world, is how he relates to so many of us on so many different levels. 
To some, he is the Prince of Peace, where they are in situations and circumstances where peace is is not present in the home or in the country or in the politics. And for them, he is their peace. And I remember I had a friend in high school and she very unexpectedly found out that the dad who had raised her was not her biological father and that she was the result of an affair. And it really shook her identity and it was very difficult for her. And it explained some of the tension she had felt with the father who had raised her. And I remember her crying and I remember her processing this. And I remember talking to her a few days later and just asking how she was doing. And she said, Sarah, even in this, Jesus, knows me because his father on earth, the father who raised him, Joseph, was not his biological dad. And yet he could have this beautiful relationship with the father and he understands what it's like to have a father who raised him who's not his biological dad. And it doesn't change what respect looks like. It doesn't change these other things. But he knows my story. And I just remember being so amazed at how in every scenario, in every story, God has compassion and understanding and and knows that pain. And he knew my friend's story on a deeply personal level. He understood the walk she was walking in his own story. It was part of his life. And I think that that's such a beautiful testament to who God is, is that even in his 33 years walking the earth, he lived so many people's core woundings and core stories that required deep healing and he said I understand you and I know you and I feel your pain and then he felt I mean you think of the the trauma of navigating finding out that your father is not your biological father and then you think okay that that is so shocking and that is so difficult but he, that's only one small story he walked through. And the amount of pain that he lived in, the amount of suffering he experienced was so enormous. And it just, I don't know, it just makes me realize how powerful of a God he is. How wonderful, how beautiful, and how painful his life was in a lot of ways, I think. And yet he voluntarily chose to walk that life. He chose the public shaming for us. He chose the humiliation, the embarrassment for us. He chose all of these pains. And he knew what it would be before he came. He knew the pain he would endure. And yet he did it anyway. And when I was little, (laughs) I was sick a lot. I had a lot of um, medical issues and and it wasn't fun. But I remember, I remember 
I would come up with all these different stories and ideas to kind of help me justify the pain <laughs> and try and, and navigate that. And I remember thinking I had this really bad uh, spell of sickness this one time. And I remember thinking, I get to experience just a blip of what God experienced on the cross. I get to share in the pain of the cross in just my little way. And it just gave me this huge perspective of of what he had done and all of the misery he experienced hanging from nails on a piece of wood. How much more miserable can you get than that? And yet as he's doing that, it's the greatest act of love. It's the messiest, most brutal act of love. And even as that's happening, he's talking to the sinner on the other cross and he's saying, today you will be with me in paradise. And he's literally continuing his ministry until his last breath. And what what a beautiful story. I don't know. I, I know that as believers, we all know the story of the crucifixion. We know the story of the gospel. We know who Jesus is. But do you ever have moments where it just hits you or it sits with you in a new way or a different way? Or you're, you're able to be drawn out of your small, self-obsessed world that we live in and remember, oh my word, look at what he has done. And I think as Christians, our whole lives should be living in the awe of who he is and the sacrifice he made. And I want to be better at that. I want to be better at remembering the story, at prioritizing telling the story, and at rereading the story. And so that's something I'm hoping to do more of in 2023. I have a lot of goals. I have a lot of hopes and ambitions and dreams for what this year is. But one of them is knowing this story better. And telling the story more clearly and more honestly. And with more humility. And mostly just with awe of who our God is. And how I get to be part of this story. And I don't deserve it. And I'm definitely not worth it. <laughs> and yet, God has said, it's for me. And it's for you. And for each of us, we have this amazing story to embrace and live and walk in. And, and what a beautiful thing that is. So... Thank you for coming with me on this 10% episode (laughs) as I am weary and tired but amazed by who God is and the part that we get to play in his story.